0: Welcome to the AJP podcast, a podcast for pharmacists by pharmacists, where we discuss current events, relevant topics, and emerging issues. I'm your host, Carly McMoore, and together with the AJP, I'm bringing you the opinions and expertise of different pharmacists to discuss their views and insights on topics relevant to pharmacists. Please like and rate each episode and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an
1: episode. Is it okay to start with doing an introduction for yourself, please? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Hi, my name is Aemidhi Ogindephe, or Midi for short. I am a community pharmacist and researcher based in Perth, Western Australia, and I'm also the early career pharmacist board director for the Pharmaceutical Society of Australia. Um, I probably wear maybe too many hats, um, but I'm a pharmacist and uh, a community pharmacist to be to be precise.
0: Thank you. Um, I thought I'd ask you from your experiences and, and what you've heard, how are early career pharmacists feeling about the new scope of practice pilots for pharmacists?
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely been a, a very exciting time um, in the profession, I think kind of coming out of um, the pandemic and I think seeing The role that pharmacists can play in terms of improving accessibility to health, particularly in the area of vaccinations, and now what we're looking at with regards to um, prescribing and the prescribing pilots that are happening around the country. I think it's definitely a really exciting time for pharmacists to be able to play a role in primary health care and to be able to improve that access accessibility um, to patients um, to access care as well. I think um, with that, though, comes considerations around kind of the impact on day-to-day responsibilities, and I think addressing how we can um, adjust or adapt our workflows to be able to meet um, this growing area and the growing needs of our communities. Um, but I think, yeah, at the heart of it all, it, it's definitely an exciting time to be an early career pharmacist, and I think to be able to look at so many different avenues and areas that pharmacists can play a play a role.
0: What, is the, what are some of the main concerns or considerations for early career pharmacists with regards to current pharmacists? With regards to the current pharmacy landscape.
1: Yeah, I think um, at the moment, just considerations around um, workload and um, managing time. I think in terms of prioritising um, workload and 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 um, being able to manage. I think the different um, consumers that are coming into the pharmacy. I think um, with regulatory changes and things that are coming up as well. I think there's considerations around just making sure that we're meeting our professional and legal obligations as well, and staying on top of um, what's current in terms of information around some of the scope of practice changes, for example, um, or changes to things like vaccination as well. Um, And I think um, just in light of of the changes that have happened this year, I think um, there are definitely new challenges and things that that have come across or happened this year. Um, But it's also still um, really exciting to be able to have these opportunities to contribute to that patient care as well. But I think um, the considerations um, in terms of the landscape at the moment is just making sure that, you know, the profession continues to be viable and sustainable to encourage and facilitate pharmacists to be able to have a viable um, career and progression as well.
0: So talking about viability and sustainability, have the early career pharmacists been talking about what some of their views are about how to make it more viable or sustainable or HCPA, or funding or, or what are some of the thoughts that they have?
1: Yeah I think the, um, um, the thoughts at the moment or um, the opinions at the moment are just around making sure that you know the discussions that are happening at the moment are um, taking into consideration how we can make sure that the um, profession is sustainable, but looking specifically at remuneration and making sure that, you know, the value and services that we provide to consumers um, is being met with, um, you know, meaningful reinvestment as well. And I think just making sure that, you know, if we're, um, looking to have these practice um, or scope expansions or changes that there's, you know, adequate remuneration and recognition to be able to support pharmacists to be able to be in those roles and to do those um, services or activities. Um, and I think that's probably the the, the too long didn't read. <laughs> um,
0: how are early career pharmacists feeling about 60 day dispensing?
1: Yeah, I think um, it's definitely been one of one of the biggest practice changes um, that have come out of of 2023, um, and I think uh, we share those concerns in regards to things like medication adherence and and obviously making sure um, that patient safety is um, you know first and foremost. Um, but I think um, you know PSA has been very proactive in terms of kind of asking for feedback from members and. Um, that has been presented to department um, and the minister's office as well. So I think those concerns are definitely being heard at that level, which is really, really important. Um, But, you know, more broadly, we've got kind of wider issues in in the healthcare system at the moment with access to GPs and, you know, the changing dynamic of our healthcare system, particularly with our population aging. And I think the concerns and demands in terms of a patient um, trying to navigate the healthcare system, I think changing um, from what it was, let's say, five, ten, fifteen years ago. So I think um, looking at, you know, the conversations that are happening at the moment and um the negotiations that are happening, I think it's really important that, you know, the role of that pharmacists play as medication experts is recognized. And I think that recognition comes through remuneration and just making sure that, um, you know, pharmacists are you know supported to be able to conduct these. Um, additional services or, or scope of practice areas.
0: Well, I guess I'd say uh, early career pharmacist feeling is optimistic about ownership opportunities and things like that as well.
1: I think in terms of um, ownership opportunities, the I think, you know, with 60 day dispensing, without 60 day dispensing, I think there is always that kind of consideration of, you know, looking at ownership and that being a really big decision to make from a financial perspective um but I don't know that I can necessarily speak on whether or not that's like waived or changed anyone's opinions about um becoming an owner I know for me personally that um there are um, some friends of mine or peers of mine that I finished uni with that have gone into ownership and have been navigating those practice changes as well but I think um, the appetite for ownership is is still still there but I just don't know that I'm Maybe the best person to to ask. <laughs> I
0: mean, I'd say um, what are the early career pharmacists excited about and hopeful for in pharmacy?
1: I think um, you know, areas such as like ownership are, are, are probably areas that um, early career pharmacists are you know still hopeful and looking forward to. But there are other things as well. Um, and so kind of areas looking at um you know, services and things that we can be doing outside of just um, traditional pharmacy roles, including things like general practice pharmacy or, um, let's say, pharmacists that are working in um, residential aged care. Um, And I think just looking at how much transformation has happened in such a short time in terms of um, the pandemic in the last couple of years, I think um, ECPs are now more aware of what pharmacists can do and what pharmacists can I think contribute to like the larger healthcare system and I think with that comes um, the need to innovate and I think look at innovative ways to be able to continue to provide that really high um, level of um, patient care and and improved access to medicines as well Um, but yeah I think it's definitely uh, an exciting time and there's there's so much happening I think in the profession and so many different areas I think that um, pharmacists, particular early career pharmacists are kind of looking at, but I think those are probably some of the, the main areas that stand out.
0: Um, Beth, how are they feeling about pharmacy's profession and the future of pharmacy in general?
1: I think, um, you know, it's it's interesting because we've got obviously so much changing and happening in, in the profession at the moment, and I think there's the potential... Um, or that concern for, you know, uncertainty, and I think not being quite sure of what exactly will happen next. Um, But I think, you know, there are definitely a lot of exciting things to look forward to with regards to moving towards practicing to top of scope, for example, and what that might look like. And I think we're still, you know, working through that in terms of the, you know, pharmacy practice trials that are happening or the implementation of new Scope of practice services in different jurisdictions. But I think that's definitely um, something that ECPs are feeling optimistic about. And I think the opportunity to be able to get involved in, in that um, or in those roles. Um, and then I think kind of more broadly, just looking at like um, what I mentioned a little bit earlier on, just you know, how we can play a bigger role in things like public health and public health promotion and helping to um, you know connect patients or consumers to um, other healthcare professionals through referral or through um, services that we provide that then can um, allow patients to be referred on to other things. Um, And I think there's also a sense that, you know, ECPs or pharmacists just more broadly can play a a greater role in multidisciplinary care teams um, and work collaboratively with other health professionals to be able to, to do that.
0: Do you think that pharmacy, well, I think we're pharmacists, like pharmacy training is keeping up with the changes in pharmacy?
1: I think it's definitely a, you know, a quickly growing um, area and a quickly growing space. And I think um, at the moment it, it's, you know, that sense of trying to keep up with all the announcements and expansions and things that are changing in the profession as well. Um, I think from a kind of continued professional development perspective, PSA has a really good um, or broad catalogue of CPD to be able to meet the range of interests um, and areas that are emerging at the moment. Um, And, you know, conferences and the practice updates are, I think, a really good way to stay up to date with the changes that are happening as well in the profession. Um, But I think even with that as well, um, that professional development could include things like, you know, practical or um, like real-world examples of how to kind of apply that learning into practice. Um, and I think just thinking kind of personally on my own experiences and reflecting on that, I know that, you know, mentorship and preceptorship has been a really big um, value add in terms of being able to bridge that gap of, you know, education and what I'm looking at in my CPD um, with, with what happens in practice as well. Um, I guess I
0: could ask to, you um early career pharmacists, I guess they're working on some priorities as well. Um, I thought I might ask if I wanted to share any of their top priorities or anything that their big focus is for them at the
1: moment. Yeah, I think um, from just an early career um, pharmacist perspective, I think kind of the three or four kind of key areas at the moment are looking at um, advocacy and policy and how we can get involved in that. I think you know, we're at such an opportune time where there are so many discussions and conversations happening in the profession more broadly. And I think just thinking about how to include early career pharmacists' perspective um, and ideas and opinions and thoughts in those situations um, is is uh super important. I think, you know, we know that early career pharmacists won't always be early career pharmacists and they'll, you know, venture on and progress into their career. So Um, it's important that they're involved um, in those discussions as key stakeholders. You know, we're going to inherit this profession, um, so it's important that we have a say in it. Um, I think just thinking about, you know, mentorship and preceptorship, I think um, that's definitely another key priority area and how we can um, invest um, into that professional development for early career pharmacists. I think, you know, once you finish your... um, you know, undergraduate or master's studies, and you're kind of starting to get your feet in terms of your internship and getting registered, I think it can be quite overwhelming um, looking out into the profession, um, especially if um, you're working on your own or working in isolation. So I think having that kind of peer-to-peer support is super important as well. Um, I think um, the other kind of area that that sticks out to me as well is also just that engagement with, um with students um, and with interns as well, and just making sure that they feel like they're part of of the profession, and they are. Um, and it is so important that they're involved and engaged. Um, and I might just shamelessly plug the Early Career Pharmacist um, CSI Facebook group, um, just as a forum um, that people can, you know, raise concerns or discussions and 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 to be able to have that support and that ability to connect with other people in their state or territory or with other ECPs from around the country as well. But I think it's so important, especially now with everything that's going on in the profession, that we continue to engage um, with the profession, that we continue to engage um, with discussions that are happening as well. And if if we're feeling that we're not seeing our perspectives or our thoughts currently represented in the conversations that are happening, that there are forums to be able to share those ideas and thoughts. Um, and so I think Don't feel like the the conversation or the discussion or things that are happening at the moment are too large for you to be involved. Like there is definitely um, scope and and room for you to be able to give your opinion and ideas. And we definitely need that.
0: Um, You also have an interest in digital health. So I wanted to ask you, what are the changes you expect to see in pharmacy practice that digital health might enable?
1: Yeah, big area that is growing um, and is, is thriving, I should say. Um, I think in terms of digital health, just from a consumer perspective, I think patients and carers um, kind of ideas and attitudes towards how they receive care um, has definitely changed a lot, especially in light of the pandemic and, you know, remote or telehealth services as well. But I think looking forward, um, there are a lot of really cool ways, I think, that we can use technology to be able to innovate what we do. Um, but also to be able to, like, supplement and augment what we do as well. So I think um, just to give an example, um, you know, remote patient monitoring um, and, and telehealth advancements as well. But also just looking at, you know, from a um, pharmacist perspective, how can I use technology to maybe automate some of those, like, administrative tasks that are quite repetitive or or things that don't necessarily need um my like higher level clinical decision making. Um, So then that way I can use that time or reinvest that time to be able to participate in, you know, more of those advanced um, skills or services. Um, And so I think at the moment, the kind of challenges or barriers is just really, you know, our willingness to be able to engage with those new technologies and to be able to um, encourage the use of them, you know, in our own practices or with our patients, for example. Um, but I think there's definitely a lot that could be said and could be done in the space of digital health in terms of just improving um, if, like efficiency and effectiveness as a as a pharmacist, but also just being able to supplement what we do um, from a patient health outcome perspective as well.
0: I guess, um, and so I'd ask, I guess in general, so one more about early career pharmacists, feeling really about career prospects, new roles such as GP pharmacists and aged care pharmacists and it is
1: like that sorry do you mind repeating that again so is it oh. just just thoughts and feelings around those
0: roles or yeah, more how yeah more how they were feeling yeah more how they're feeling about it all
1: yeah yep i think that hmm just allowing myself to simmer on this question i think you know the scope of practice changes are definitely an exciting space, I think, to be able to move into. Um, But it can, I think, potentially feel overwhelming or daunting to think, okay, I'm going to be doing these services or, you know, working to a higher level or a higher scope. But I think there definitely is that excitement and that willingness to want to learn and to be involved. And I think, you know, at their core, pharmacists, you know, want to help people and want to help patients. So I think, um, early career pharmacists are definitely keen and interested in how they can upskill and how they can, you know, develop in these new areas. Um, and I think, you know, what we're probably experiencing now is what pharmacists, you know, 10 or so years ago were experiencing when immunisation um, was something that was added to pharmacists' scope of practice. And that sense of, okay, you know, we're moving into more clinical roles and we're moving into you know, working from a consult room and being able to provide that additional expertise um, and advice to patients outside of just being behind a a counter or being in a dispensary. Um, And so I think it's a really exciting time. Um, And I think the ECPs are, you know, looking forward to being able to engage in these things. Um, But I think there is that potential for overwhelm in terms of, you know, so much happening and changing in the profession, but ECPs are definitely keen to to be involved and, and to help out.
0: So I thought I'd ask,
1: um,
0: like, your hopes or hopes of early career pharmacists with regards to CPA, if you, yeah, just what, what you might hope to see as a result.
1: I think maybe speaking just more broadly and generally, um, out of, I think, the discussions or negotiations or the new agreement, I think that there probably just needs to be a sense of, I think, certainty that, you know, the work that is done in community pharmacy or in, you know, primary care um, is going to be supported through remuneration, um, but also there's going to be a sense of, you know, quality assessment and ensuring that, you know, the services and things that we're doing are adding value and are, are you know, benefit to patients. Um, I think ultimately, and I think also just looking to see funding or funding models that support pharmacists to be able to work in these new and emerging roles. I think, you know, it's one thing to have pharmacists um, working, you know, to fall on top of scope, but it's another to then have that, you know, supplemented with remuneration and recognition that supports that and allows that to be a sustainable career or a a viable career. Um, And so I think that's probably... What I, what I can say on that I think
0: <laughs> and you do wear many hats so it sounds like you have many things that you're passionate about um with a uh, with lots of input so I guess I'd say it's always good to know what brought you to like want to participate in so many different groups and also how you balance it all
1: yes um I can confirm uh that I sleep eat and have regular breaks. Um, but no, in all seriousness, I think that um part of why you know I'm so involved and so engaged, I think is because I personally have felt that I've received a lot of value from, you know, being part of PSA. And I think um I've received, you know, a lot of mentorship and I think guidance in terms of, you know, being an early career pharmacist and I think trying to navigate um, you know, working and you know, adjusting to to that as well. But I think the other kind of piece that comes with that as well is just um, oof, this is big. I think, I don't know, I I I can recognize and appreciate that I am, you know, from a culturally and linguistically diverse background. And I think there's also probably something to be said about, you know, having a profession that represents, you know, the diversity that we see in the world around us. And I think you know, if I can, you know, inspire someone to get involved that might not have thought to take that opportunity up because they don't think that they look a certain way or are a certain way, I think just to help kind of shatter that kind of stereotype or that thinking, I think is helpful. Um, And I think, you know, just thinking about the profession, and I think thinking about, you know, the things that are happening at the moment, we do need that representation, we do need that diversity in the opinions um, and expertise and experiences um, of what's being said, that we're making sure that we're like capturing what it is that the profession wants and needs. Um and so I think those are probably or that is probably the thing that that drives me to to do what I do and to to be involved and engaged.
0: Thank you. Um I guess I'd ask if there's anything else you'd like to share that I haven't
1: asked you. Yeah, I've I've probably said this before, but, you know, so much is happening in the profession and it's an exciting time, I think, Um, and it can be overwhelming, but it is important to engage with, you know, what's happening in the profession, engage in the discussions that are going on. Um, I think that sense of overwhelm or feeling like you're not quite sure about where you fit or, you know, that your opinions or voices are being heard, I think, that's where, you know, being part of the PSA and, and, you know, pharmacy organizations is really important so that you're getting those perspectives and those experiences across. And I think um, PSA really provides that, like, professional support as well. Um, but I think that, oh, I don't know. I just, I think, yeah, there's something to be sa- said about, I think, staying engaged and, you know, staying committed to what's going on, but also talking about what your thoughts are about what's going on. You know, having those discussions with your friends and colleagues, I think checking in with people, I think we forget about the sense of, you know, burnout and fatigue that can happen, especially when there are negative things in media or negative things going on just more broadly. But I think having that ability to just connect with one another and just check in um, is really important as well. And I think there's something to be said about, you know, not wanting to be a profession that operates in isolation from the healthcare system, but just internally not operating in isolation from each other. And I think just connecting with each other when we where we can. Um, apologies, let me repeat that because that was wordy. Connecting with each other where we can and I think engaging with what's going on um, because it matters that we engage and it matters that we give our opinions and ideas um, to those discussions as well. Thank you, I'm inspired.
0: You're giving a because you want to know what um, people who are looking at, at studying pharmacy, people who are looking at the end of their um, course and going into pharmacy now, doesn't look the same as when they started their course. Yep. Um. So there's a big adjustment there in in thinking and planning. And does it affect people's dreams and goals, or are they looking outside of the sector? I guess is yep. another thing because we do know that we've had some leakage from pharmacists. So I guess I just wanted to know where early career pharmacists sit because yeah 2023 has changed a lot
1: yeah um, it definitely has and I think yeah it's it's just so easy to I think make decisions based on kind of what's happening now but I think there's something to be said about like the long game and I think you know there have been other changes and things that have happened in the profession or in the healthcare care system you know, historically that have been, you know, just as, you know, potentially detrimental or, you know, life-changing, if you will. Um, and, you know, pharmacy has been able to get through it. So I think there's something to be said about, you know, hanging in there and I think having that, I don't think resilience is the word. I think the, the word is just like, I don't know, commitment, willingness to stay. I don't know. Um, yeah. Like, I just I think it, you know, we could easily throw in the towel and say, like, you know, it's all doom and gloom. Um, But I think we're being given an opportunity to be able to contribute to the negotiations and discussions that are happening um, through the work of like policy and advocacy, but also just to be able to like actively, you know, say what our thoughts and opinions are um, and that that is going somewhere. Whereas I think, you know, that doesn't necessarily always happen when you're not in a crisis or not going through some kind of turbulent time. Um, and I think there's also just something to be said about riding on the momentum of the pandemic. And I think trying to just continue to reiterate um, and restate and educate and promote and, you know, just share the news of what pharmacists can do and and how they can provide value. And I think, you know, it's one thing to know that I provide value when I'm at work because you know my patients tell me that or you know they'll pop in and, and say hello and I can see, you know, the the difference that makes kind of anecdotally. But I think just trying to pull together that evidence and and um, that information to be able to give people that are, you know, sitting on those tables and having those discussions or meetings um what they need to show like, hey, look, like this is what pharmacists do in all of these different roles and in all of these different areas. This is how we can support, you know, patients to be able to continue to have, you know, high access to care um, and high quality care. Um, And this is how we can do it collaboratively with other people that are in the healthcare system. You know, we're not, we're not trying to say we're the only people here. We're just trying to say, hey, we're part of the solution to be able to um, make these things happen. So Uh, Don't forget us.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much. That was really amazing. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the AJP podcast. If you have any thoughts, comments, or suggestions about this episode, please visit the AJP website forum at ajp.com.au and join the conversation. If you have any suggestions for future topics or would like to participate in the podcast, please follow us on Twitter at AJPPodcast and send us a message.